It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Sponsored by our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Members, friends and players, good afternoon and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun, and I'll be here entertaining you on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Let's go. Let's go. He walks barely down the street with the brim pool way down low. Ain't no sound but the sound of his feet. Machine guns ready to go. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Friday afternoon, my man Wade on the board, giving me a little queen to start with. Song of the week, another one bites the dust, and it's in honor of our special guest today, but we'll get to him in a second. And because you know why? You can listen anywhere at 920thejersey.com to today's show. Just hit that Listen Now button in the upper right-hand corner on the website there at Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. And um, you know what? It's a big week, Wade, and good afternoon, Friday afternoon. afternoon. It's a big week for the PGA of America, for my brethren, uh, the, the largest sports association in the world. Um, They're having their annual meeting down in West Palm Beach, Florida. And in honor of this occasion and this gathering, um, I have a very special guest on the phone today. Um, Regarded by everyone, certainly by me, um, as the quintessential PGA golf professional, Bob Ford is on the line. And uh, I can't wait to talk to him. And he's here live. So, Bob, welcome to Springdale Golf Live. How are you today? Keith, I'm good. Yeah, getting ready to start uh, the weekend down here in South Florida, and we have had a big week with all the PGA guys in town, but uh, weather's great, and South Florida's great. Appreciate you guys having me on. Well, we appreciate you taking the time. I know it's busy with all of the uh, Navy Blazers down there. But um, And speaking of those guys and your brethren, um, the song of the week this week, a little queen, another one bites the dust. Um, you know, I had a little conversation with one of your, uh, um, I guess, one of the people you mentored over the years, Mr. Jack Druga, and uh, he sold you out that you're a queen fan. So we put that on in your honor today. <laughs> so I hope, I, I hope you enjoyed that. Freddie Mercury, baby. <laughs> uh, I tell you, he can sing like no other, that's for oh, sure. he was great. Yeah, yeah, just unbelievable. And and folks, you know who else is unbelievable? Right now, we have the director of golf down at Seminole Golf Club, Bob Ford, on the line. And, um, you know, he, at one point in time, uh, it was for 16 years, you were also the head golf professional for both places, Seminole and Oakmont. And you were at Oakmont for, oh golly, 40 years, starting back in 1979. And, you know, one of the things we love to talk about on this show is kind of getting a perspective of where golf is today and the pop culture of golf is versus you know maybe where you were when you started at Oakmont and I mean you were there for four decades in your in your estimation how much has golf changed in that time I mean the players your members you know what's most interesting about golf today versus then well I'll tell you I think specifically that uh, the older generation is playing better and they're playing longer in their life than back uh, when I when we started when I started anyhow you know, I think the the equipment that everybody wants to cry about, if it weren't for the equipment, a lot of us wouldn't still be playing. And and a lot of us feel like we're, you know, not only playing about the same, but also hitting it about as far as we did when we were, you know, back in the 70s and 80s. So I think the equipment's just been incredible for us. And uh, But, I mean, otherwise, I mean, you know, I don't really, I don't see a lot 
the X's and O's, I don't think has changed a lot. Uh, obviously, a lot has changed, but uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's still just an incredible game, and and we're going to go through ups and downs. And I, I think we're on our way back up. I think the game's in great shape, and uh, you know, there's more kids playing. There's more people playing in tournaments. I mean, tournaments are just oversubscribed, and and uh, you know, I, I just think it's going in the right direction. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, every chance I get, I mean, here on radio, I'm, I'm, I'm screaming till I'm hoarse about how great golf is and the place that we're in and, and the stories that we have. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's mid-November, Bob, and we have two huge stories this week about, you know, the President's Cup captain's picks. Tiger won two weeks ago. Rory won one week ago. I mean, this is November. And where you and I, for, for years here in the Northeast, we were kind of winding down our golf season, and things are just, just getting super exciting. And, you know, I think I, I agree with you. Golf's in a great place. And so for my listeners here in the, in the New York City, Philly area, could you give them a breakdown of basically what is it that you're doing these days? I mean, I know you're the director of golf down there at Seminole, but they may not be familiar with you, you know, spending majority of your career out in western Pennsylvania. Kind of give us an update of what's your day-to-day like these days. Well, uh, as you said, you know this this time of year, I, I'm just uh, I'm doing what you do at uh, at Springdale. You know, I'm just the head professional here, and uh, it's uh, you know it's a great place to be, obviously. So, I mean, I teach in the mornings, uh, getting ready to teach in a couple hours, four a couple hours here, and then uh, play this afternoon. I play probably three or four times a week here. It's a fairly quiet place, and it's a players' club, and guys love to play, and we've got a couple of great games that. I jump in so I can play with a bunch of different members here. But, uh, Keith, I'll tell you, the summers, you know, being at Oakmont all those years, and I loved every minute of it. And uh, I never got bored, never got tired of it. Every day was exciting. And uh, But now that having the summers off, I, I just can't tell you how much fun it is. <laughs> I hope you get to it soon. But, uh, you know, I always had the winters off until I took the Seminole gig. But, uh I always enjoyed my winters, but have, you know, having some downtime, as you know, we go at it pretty hard, and you need some downtime. And the summers for me, I've been doing bucket list golf. You know, I travel around and play with members at different places that I've never gotten to play, and it's just been a ball. So uh, I, I enjoy that a lot. We've got the Walker Cup coming up here in 2021, in May of 21, here at Seminole. So we're kind of gearing towards that and doing a lot of prep work getting organized and uh that's in everybody's back of everybody's mind it's only 18 months away so uh doing a lot of that and just just day-to-day being a golf professional well i'll tell you and and i'm i'm glad that you worded it that way because when you say day-to-day of being a golf professional and folks you know we're very lucky to be on the line with bob ford today legendary golf professional for oakmont country club out in pittsburgh for 37 years and now the director of golf down at Seminole, four-time national award winner um, from the PGA of America, including professional of the year 1987. And, you know, with all of that and the flowing robes and everything else that surrounds you in, in, in your historic career, how'd you get involved in golf? Because, go- I mean, golf and you seem to be perfect partners, but how did that marriage begin? Well, you know, I grew up uh, in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, over there in Philly. And uh, I grew up caddying at um, at Aronimic, and you know during my high school years. And at that time, it really dawned on me that I wanted to be involved in golf. I wanted to be involved with the people that I had worked for. Uh, you know, caddying. I just I liked that group of people, and I, and I loved the game. And and uh, actually, when I got out of college, I called. Well, the biggest break I ever got was my parents moved to Pittsburgh, 
And I say that because if they hadn't, I never would have met Lou Warsham at Oakmont. I never would have worked at Oakmont. And uh, so that was the biggest break I ever got. But, uh, you know, after I got out of college, I wanted to play the tour. And I went down to see him because uh, I'd worked for him during the 73 Open that Johnny Miller won. And uh, I said, what do you think I should do with my career? And he said, well, come to Pittsburgh. I'll find out whether you can play or not. And uh, that started the marriage uh, with Oakmont and with him, and he retired in five years, and I just happened to be incredibly lucky to be in the right place at the right time and got an incredible break. And and uh, so that was that was kind of the start of it all. Well, you know what? I, I think back to my dad's office, and there was a sign behind his desk, and it said, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And, I, you know, I think in a lot of ways that encapsulates you finding that pivot moment in your life. You know, you were working hard on your game, came out of the University of Tampa. You were a good player. You got hooked up. And in, in, in your words, you made the move to Pittsburgh and um, right time, right place. And you end up becoming the head golf professional at Oakmont. And then, you know, one of the things that I, I really want to let the listeners know is that what a tremendous leader and mentor you have been over the years of your career. I mean, I believe that the number numbers, you know, well north of 50 of people that you've placed as head golf professionals and directors of golf of gentlemen that have and women that have worked for you. And in speaking with a lot of those people that are friends with both of us, they say that you're very good at having an influence, but remaining neutral, right? So as a mentor, how do you do that? <laughs> well, well, I don't know, Keith. And I, first of all, I want to congratulate you on being the New Jersey Professional of the Year. That's quite an honor. It's a great section with a lot of great professionals. So, obviously, you're you're highly thought of. Uh, you know, the mentoring thing. I, I I'd love to take credit for it, but honestly, it belongs to Oakmont and the people at Seminole. Uh, you know, they just embrace these kids uh, like their own. And uh, you know, I think one thing that that, that I I've had the privilege, I guess, to allow these kids to play golf with the members. I mean, my, you know, my assistants uh, probably have more than I should because I like to play and I like them to play, but, you know, we, I make them get out and play with the members a couple times a week, which, you know, really helps that relationship grow. As you know, if you don't play golf with somebody, then you're just kind of a clerk member relationship, but, but they take these kids in, they take them to dinner, they, you know, take them like their own and, and when a job comes up everybody knows everybody right so it's six degrees of, of separation and uh they just put on the full court press to help these kids you know get get these jobs and uh so they you know the clubs the the power of oakmont seminole and the power of the membership at these clubs really deserves a lot more credit than me i was just kind of the facilitator and the matchmaker if you will so but it's uh it's been one of the privileges to uh, have mentored those those young men and women and, uh, you know, try to maintain a relationship. It's hard because we're all so busy uh, with them through the decades. And, uh, you know, guy, guy, like Jack Druga, he's like one of my best friends. He was one of my early guys, I guess, because we're, uh, you know, of the same age almost. And uh, we tend to be a little closer. But uh, it's been a lot of fun, and the kids are great. There's a lot of them are doing great things and uh, real proud of them. Well, I tell you what, you know, from from all of us and my generation of PGA professionals and the guys that work for you, you've been a leader for so many years, and we thank you. And folks, we're on the line here with Bob Ford, and uh, the uh, 2017 Bob Jones Award 
winner from the USGA. And uh, what was that like being the first, you know, golf professional to win a USGA award like that and, and to be recognized for your contributions to the game over all the years of your career? Well, uh, Keith, you know, I mean, it was, a, it was a staggering moment when I got that phone call. I'm sat there in disbelief, uh, you know, that the USJ would honor a PGA professional, let alone me. Uh, it, it's an unbelievable honor. They've been incredibly great to me through the decades. You know, we've run, I've run four Opens, two Women's Opens, an amateur, and, uh, and it's a lot of championships for the USGA. So, we, you know, I've gotten some wonderful relationships with them. And, you know, without that exposure to Oakmont and those championships, I, I'm sure that I, I never would have been singled out like that but uh it was an awesome uh evening for me and my family and uh just just hard to hard to put it into words well and let's talk about that marriage with the usga for a minute let's go back to 1983 when you're hosting at oakmont the u.s open for the usga and you are you know still to this day the last host professional to play in a major championship so you qualify for the open at your home course you're running the retail concession, the merchandise tent, you're running the range, you're running everything, and you're playing in the event, right? Which to me is like the ultimate, you know, story about being a PGA professional. You're, you're playing in a major championship while you're running the golf course that's hosting it, right? Can you give my listeners one cool story about that week? I just love this idea of the 1983 U.S. Open and your role in it. Well, it, it is a great memory, and I, I, I did sit down after that, and I said, you know, you, you probably never do anything as cool as what just happened, and uh, which is true. But, uh, you know, I got the opportunity to play with uh, Mr. Nicholas, I guess, on, on Tuesday. He got uh, Weisskopf and Ed Sneed to join us, so I was really nervous that day. And the next day, I had actually, crazily enough, I had caddied for Ben Crenshaw in Japan, in November, the you know, in 82, and I said, you know, if I happen to qualify for the Open, would you play a practice round with me? And he said, absolutely, I'd love to. So uh, I got Mr. Palmer, who was a member at, at Oakmont, and he joined us, and Jay Siegel, who I grew up caddying for, who also qualified for that event. And the three of us were going to play on Wednesday, which obviously was another nerve-wracking day, and uh, Ben Crenshaw showed up at the club with Miller Barber. I guess he figured I didn't fill out the group, and he said, uh, we've got Miller, Miller to play. I said, oh, wow, that makes five. We're in trouble. And I figured I'd just jump out of it, so I went to P.J. Boatwright, who was running it at the time, and said, uh, Mr. Boatwright, I, I'm really sorry, but we've ended up with five. He said, who do you got? And when, when he said that, I thought maybe there'd be a glimmer of hope. I said, well, I've got Mr. Palmer and Crenshaw and Miller Barber and Jay Siegel. He said, well... Guys, just keep up with the guys ahead of you. You'll be all right. <laughs> I'm like, wow. When you're out with the king, they break the rules. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so. yeah. With, with all due respect to uh, any athlete who tries to take on that nickname, there is and will always only be one king. There's no doubt yeah, about so, that. So the greatest thing about it is I was so nervous Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. When Thursday came, I was paired with a couple other club professionals, you know, uh, Jim Alvis and Steve Benson from Chicago, and, and they were my buddies. And uh, and by come Thursday, I really wasn't that nervous about playing. So I was able to play my game, which is unusual for us to be able to, you know, play our normal game when we get into a situation like that. But it was uh, it ended up being a great week for me. 
Well, you made the cut. You finished in uh, top 25. I mean, un- unbelievable. I mean, you talk about an event that was won by Larry Nelson and uh, Tom Watson in the top five, Seve Ballesteros. I mean, what a tremendous memory. And uh, thanks for sharing that story with us. I, I really appreciate it. But uh, I would appreciate one more thing before we let you go. We have a little tradition here on Springdale Golf Live, and my listeners love to get to know the guests on a little bit more of a personal level. So we do a little rapid-fire Q&A. So you up for this? Well, I'm nervous. <laughs> you let her rip. I, you know what? I, I, I will, I will treat you with tremendous respect. I promise. Okay. Here we go. Number one, favorite Pittsburgh athlete. Arnold Palmer. Name one thing on your bucket list. Uh, New Zealand. Want to play in New Zealand? All right. Do you prefer sunrises or sunsets? Sunset. Best golf tournament you ever played in? U.S. Open. If you're going to take a trip with your family with no golf, where would you go? Italy. If you could be an actor in any movie, what would you choose? The Godfather. Oh, man, what a great answer. <laughs> uh, oh, that is, you have made my day. All right. I can't wait for The Irishman. <laughs> oh, it, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any golf superstitions when you play? I carry three dimes in my pocket for one of my best friends who... Uh, died when he was 25 uh, of a cerebral hemorrhage, Todd Crandall. How do you like your steak cooked? Medium rare. Favorite sport to watch other than golf? National League football. When you hear the word professional, who is the first person that comes to mind? Arnold Palmer. Well, with all due respect to the king, when I hear the word professional, the first person I think of is you, Mr. Ford. Thank you for being on my show today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, pal. All the best. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, Wade. There was Bob Ford. Take me into break. Not much more I could say after that. It's (laughs) 3.17 p.m. here in Princeton. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Be back in a moment. Sing it, Freddie. Rich in distinguished history for nearly 125 years, Springdale Golf Club and its members have been beautifully making their mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Our impact in the industry does not stop there. Did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey? The private club operating division of Troon Golf Management. Springdale's walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn design course, now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in our commitments to the member experience. Just announced as a significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments being made at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. 
Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. You're listening to Fox Sports 920, the Jersey. Wade, you know what I want. It's Friday. rock there with in excess thank you i forgot about that song for a while do you like that song oh yeah chose? totally it's a good one so when when i you know when we chose that for this week and you first played it you were like you're like man what a great song that was back in the day right and, and i chose it for the second song of the week because don't change right and it's an honor again of our guest and, and you know i'm just super proud to be able to speak to him and interview him and that's bob ford the director of golf down at seminole golf club and uh you know don't change a thing don't change a thing for life, you know. I mean, that guy, just just a just a legendary PGA professional, and uh, just uh, an honor and privilege. Um, you know, it's just beyond words. I mean, the guy's such a gentleman. It's just class, it, it, it class personified, is what I believe you said during yep. the break. And uh, um, you know, and certainly uh, producer personified is you, Wade Weiser. So thanks, thanks for all your work on oh, the. Thank uh, you, and you the, don't change either. Oh yeah, well, um, yeah. Just ask my parents and my wife. Uh, I mean, change like your underwear and, and things like that. But don't change the importance of the uh, other stuff. That's TMI. really is. You know, but th- just one quick thing about Bob, you know, and, and, you know, Bob has had a huge influence on my life. And, and he and I, we have brushed shoulders every once in a while. Um, I don't know him super personally, but when I reached out to him because it's PGA annual meeting week and I wanted to do kind of a show in honor of this being a big week in my association, you know, he couldn't have been more nice about the whole thing. And, and when I was a very young golf professional in my early 20s, um, I had a boss up in Boston named Dave Waldman. And, you know, he grew up in the Philly area and he was very familiar with Bob's legacy and you know he said to me you know I, I would ask him all the time I say I, I would say Dave you know what, what do I need to do to be successful in this business and he would say be Bob Ford <laughs> I knew you to say that and I would and I was like well who's Bob Ford right and then you know I started to look into who this guy really was and you know he is just the the world's greatest ambassador as a PGA professional for golf leadership by example oh jeez oh, I mean the people that he you know, the, the gentleman I mentioned, Jack, that gave me the Queen reference, you know, that yeah. had worked with worked for Bob back in the back in the early 80s um, at Oakmont. Right. He's he's the golf professional at Shinnecock. OK. Um, out on the east end of Long Island, which hosted the U.S. Open two years ago. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about this guy has a legendary um, family, you know, within the PGA that he has created. And, uh, you know, I just can't just can't thank Bob enough. And to this day, you know, I just I, I kind of think about that from time to time when I have to make a, you know, a difficult decision or I have to represent myself or my club or represent Springdale. I, you know, last last couple of things I might say to myself is uh, in honor of Dave is uh, be Bob Ford. You know, so thanks, Bob, for being on with us. And, uh, you know, again, so uh, busy week this week, Wade, um, had, a, had a quick uh, guest spot. I was co-hosting on Sirius the other night and we we got into um, the PGA Tour Network and we got into this President's Cup picks this week because the PGA Tour and golf, it's kind of like the NFL. It's like they're following that blueprint, you know, where the NFL, they say like, oh, this week we're going to debut the schedule. And this week we have mini camps right. and then we have the draft Make and an then event. we, yeah. And then we have free agency. So they, so like every two weeks there's an event. Well, you know, they, they kept talking about how the fall would be the off season, but again, we've had winners like uh, Justin Thomas and then backed up by Tiger winning and then backed up by Rory winning. And then this week we have the captain's picks for the 
President's Cup, and we're going to have this huge um, exhibition match between the international team and the American team coming up in December. And December never had golf events before, certainly nothing of this magnitude. And now we're in the middle of November, and, you know, they've already started, like, all the car commercials for Christmas and everything, and it's like, you know, at nausea. It's like, mm-hmm. this ridiculous. But, you know, we're tuning in the other night to get Captain Els's picks for the team to fill out his international team, and he picked Sunjay M, Jason Day, Joaquin Neiman, and Adam Hadwin. Okay, so we've got an Australian. We 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 have an Asian player. We have um, a guy from Chile in uh, Neiman, and we have Hadwin from Canada. I mean, just a really good way to kind of sell the game to an international to have a truly international team. And then Tiger, he he had to do his picks last night, so everyone was kind of tuned in for that because with him winning and having won. Three times now in 14 months. So everyone says, well, you know, how's Tiger doing? Is he back? He's won three times. back. Yeah. (laughs) Is he back? You know, it's like, is my mic on? I don't know. We've been here for 27 minutes, you know? I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Is he back? 14 months, he's got a major and two wins. Who else has, who else has got that? He's had a career in the last 14 months. Yeah, ex- exactly. Let alone, you know, he had his 82nd win. So, the, you know, the, uh, people felt like there was a lot of drama leading up to, will Tiger pick himself? You know, it's like, okay, really, you know? So, um, but, you know, there was some drama. He he did pick Gary Woodland, Tony Finau, and Patrick Reed, um, the person everyone loves to hate, you know, the, the once Captain America and now, um, you know, it seems to be uh, not the best chemistry guy for teams. But obviously Woods thought he was a good pick. He's playing well. And then Tiger picked himself for the fourth, and, and he's going to be a playing captain. And everyone's like, oh, my goodness, he's going to be a playing captain. What's he going to do? I mean, like, what do these captains really do? I mean, do they, like the outfits are picked out, right? They're putting the pairings together. Um, what better way to be captain, in my opinion, than to be playing the golf course in the event, know how it's playing, be playing with these guys in the practice rounds, not just standing there looking at them and being Tiger Woods, you know, with your arms crossed and your sunglasses on and you're mic'd up like you're in the Secret Service, but to actually be playing with these guys in their pods, trying to figure out who's going to partner with who. I mean, I think this is a really cool idea, and it's happened before. And you know, he said it very eloquently last night. He goes, "There's been a precedent for this. Hale Irwin did it back in the '90s." So this isn't like a revolutionary thing. And and folks, you know, quite honestly, not for nothing, but Tiger's done a lot of firsts. And he's handled them, you know, with tremendous aplomb. So, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, we could trust him to get through this. It's an event. He he knows his body. He knows how much he can play. But those are the four picks. And, you know, a lot of people said, well, how about Kevin Na and Ricky Fowler? Ricky Fowler got left out. You know, folks, there's a big issue right now with Brooks. Is Brooks's knee going to be all right in a month? And we don't know. You know, he had to have a minor surgery to kind of fix that thing when he had the little slip um, over there in Korea. So, you know, at the, it, at the end of the day, Ricky could be in there anyway because if Brooks doesn't go in, then the next guy on the points list goes, which is Ricky. So, Ricky, I'd be prepared if I were you because Tiger didn't sound like uber confident last night that Brooks is just going to be okay, right? And as far for the Kevin Na thing, great player. You know, all due respect to him, but, you know, maybe right now it's just not his time. I mean, Gary Woodland is, you know, the U.S. Open winner. Tony Finau played great at the Ryder Cup, has played great for two years. He's right there on the on the points list, and so is Patrick Reed, and of course, so is Tiger Woods. So I'm looking really forward to the President's Cup. I think it's going to be um, a tremendous blowout on the U.S. side, but, you know, at the end of the day, and, uh, you know, you're going to let me slide on that, just saying that it's going to be a blowout and, and not ask me why? 
Why, Keith? Oh, there. Thanks. I appreciate that. Well, when you just start looking at how good these players are on the U.S. side, I mean, I think it's 11 of the 12 U.S. players in the world rankings are all ranked lower than the first player, which is Adam Scott at 17. See, that's so, why I didn't ask. Yeah, so well, I guess you just knew. You know, you're like omniscient when it comes to, uh, you know, president, President's Cup prognostication. There you go. Say that three times fast on a Friday afternoon, right? Anyway, uh, PGA Tour is off this week, so we'll take a break with them. We'll just stick with the President's Cup talk. Um, you know, to all of my brethren that are down there, and especially uh, our uh, true manager at the club, uh, Mr. Jim Richardson, who is the vice president of the PGA of America, and Seth Waugh and the whole team down there, Jeff Price, Susie Whaley, uh, Daryl Crawl, a friend of the show. Uh, everyone have a great uh, meeting today. Uh, well, they started earlier this morning, but have a great meeting today down there in West Palm Beach. Uh, take care of business for the PGA of America. We look forward to all the announcements that are going to come from today's gathering and uh, from this past week. Congratulations to the national award winners and specifically my good friend David Reisner, who won the national Bill Strasbaugh Award this past week down there in West Palm Beach, Florida. He was he was uh, anointed this this year's Bill Strasbaugh. Bill Strasbaugh. Whew. A lot of tongue See, twisters. Tongue yeah, I, I'm not going to, obviously. Uh, so congratulations to David. And uh, well done, my friend. Oh, here we go. Must be time to go. Uh, half hour in, and you know where we're going. But uh, before we do that, let's talk about the New Jersey Golf Foundation and Summit Golf Brands and, of course, F.H. Wadsworth. Thanks so much for all your support, and I really appreciate it. My producer, Wade Weiser, on the board, Springdale Board of Governors, and, of course, Troon Golf Management. Most importantly, I'd love to thank my listeners week in and week out. Folks, I'm going back to Springdale, but where are you headed? Let the tower be your guide. And from Princeton to Jupiter, and, of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. This has been Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the team next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey.